Well, praise God. How good is it to know these truths? And so uh, it's with this heart that we come now to God's Word. And church, we are really blessed to have our founding pastor, Pastor Peter, coming to share the Word with us today. So I'd love it if you could make him feel really welcome wherever you're tuning in from right now. Let's do that as Pastor Peter comes to share with us. Thanks, Nath, for that very, very warm welcome this morning. And church, it's terrific uh, to be with you again as we uh, do church this morning in this new format. I've got a quiz for you this morning, just five um, fairly simple questions. If you're with someone you know or love, you might be able to um, call out your answers to them if you feel courageous enough to do that. This is virtual answers, I know that, but um, God sees and He's watching. So we're ready. Here we go with the test. Number one, have you ever read the Bible at some point in your life? Yes or no? That's how simple this little test is this morning. Second one, how are you going? Do you own a Bible? Have you got one in your possession? Third one, are you ready? Now this is an important one. Do you have a scripture verse um, posted somewhere or other or hanging on a wall or maybe on your fridge? I actually heard of someone uh, that in their home they had hung 1 Corinthians 15, 51 in the room where the baby was sleeping and it said this, we will not all sleep, but we will be changed. How'd you go on that one? You got some verses somewhere. The fourth one, a little bit more telling. Do you look forward to reading the Bible? Think about that one for a moment, what your response might be. And the last one is, and how powerful has the Bible been in your life? Very powerful, powerful, not so powerful. How did you go? Obviously, we're thinking about the Bible this morning with that little test to kick us off with. The Bible, of course, receives an awful lot of bad press. There's no doubt about that in lots of quarters of our world. But there can be absolutely no doubt that the Bible is the most significant book in the whole history of the world. In the world's uh, bestseller list, it doesn't often appear, I know that, but that's because it outsells absolutely everything. 100 million copies every year are sold of the Bible. The total number of Bibles that have been sold is now around 5 billion. Here's a stat that you may not have heard before, but the Bible is the most shoplifted book in all the world. Uh, more have been stolen than any other book. Now, there's something that hopefully might bring that stat down for us, and that's the introduction of the YouVersion app. Um, this particular platform now has 250 million users in over a thousand languages and it's free. So hopefully that stat about the Bible being stolen is going to come down a little bit. Whatever you may think about the Bible but this morning, there can be no disputing that it has had enormous significance in the history of the world. So what is the Bible about? Well, let me reflect for a few moments about its content the Bible contains 66 books and it was written by 40 authors over a time span of approximately 1,500 years. Although it's important to note that the New Testament was written within a period of 50 to 75 years because you'll often hear some erroneous thoughts about how long it took for the New Testament to be written. A very short period, in fact, after Christ's death and resurrection. There is an enormous diversity among those who wrote the various books of the Bible. There are shepherds, there are kings, there are soldiers, there are priests, tax collectors, some of whom were murderers and some whom 
were adulterers. It was written in three languages, on three continents, in a myriad of places. Yet in the midst of this enormous diversity, there is a harmony and a continuity that is absolutely amazing. What is a particularly unique aspect about the Bible and what distinguishes it from other books that claim to have divine inspiration is that the Bible has what's called predictive prophecy. The Bible is the only book that's ever been produced by a group of people in which a large number of prophecies relating to the nations of the world, relating to Israel, relating to um, the peoples of the earth, to certain cities, to the coming of the person known as the Messiah that have been fulfilled and continue to be fulfilled. The Quran can't point to a set of predictive prophecies about the coming of the prophet Muhammad uttered you know, hundreds of years before his birth. But that's what the Bible does concerning the birth of Jesus. There is a uniqueness about the Bible that makes it stand out, makes it stand apart from all other books, all other religious literature. A uniqueness which is consistent with its author as someone who is above and beyond time, an author such as God. Now, let me read some of the Bible to you today. This is in fact an amazing privilege for me, actually, uh, because as you probably know, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in three other languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And the very first translations of the English Bible began to occur in around 15, 16 century, century by um, men who believed that every man and every woman should be able to have access to the Word of God in their own hands. William Tyndale, who oversaw the distribution of the first printed English Bibles, was strangled and then burned at the stake for seeking to make available Bibles to men and women. It's good to be reminded at, at times of the amazing legacy that we've been given by Christians of, of earlier epochs who have courageously followed Jesus, heard and being faithful to the things he's asked of them so that the greatest truth this world has ever known could be communicated to men and women. These words are actually some of the very last words that I'm going to read that Paul passed on to his younger mentor, Timothy, in his second letter, chapter three, commencing at verse 14 to 17. It says this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Listen to this, verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is not merely a collection of stories and wisdom sayings, biographical accounts, a set of human ideas about God. It is in fact not a human book. 
Now, I know the 40 writers of the Bible wrote from their personal and their historical context using their own language and their own style, but they wrote what God wanted them to write. Did you hear that verse before? Their writings were God breathed, God breathed. When we speak our words, think about this for a moment. When we speak our words, um, our words are made possible by the thoughts of our minds and the breath of our lungs. You, you, you breathe out your words. The Bible is God's word to humanity. The revelation of his thoughts, which he breathed out through those whom God had chosen and empowered by his spirit to write his words. Listen what it says in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. It says this, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is not humanity's words about God, but it's God's words to humanity words that God caused to be written and then compiled and then preserved by his sovereign oversight so that we can wake here, you know, Sunday, May the 27th, 2020, pick up a, a paper version of the Bible or go to our digital version of the Bible and we can know that these are the very words of God to us. It's powerful when you think about it. Now, if God is the author what was his purpose then in having the Bible written? Well, let me read again Paul's words to Timothy that's found in verses 14 and 15 here. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, hear this part, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The most fundamental purpose of the Bible is to show humanity how to be saved from their sin through Jesus Christ. It's the account of God's amazing rescue plan for humanity, which we could never have thought of, never dreamt up ourselves unless God himself had revealed it to us. So I wanna give this morning a really brief overview of how this divine rescue plan unfolded in the Bible. So this is going to be quick. See if you can stick with me um, as we go on this little journey. It begins in Genesis, where we find humanity created in the image of God and living in perfect relationship with God. Humanity, however, chooses to assert its own independence, rebels against God's authority and causes an incredibly disastrous set of consequences to unfold, including God's justified judgment on sin. God, however, does not give up on sinful humanity, but rather he sets in motion an amazing rescue plan that he had devised before he even made the world, in fact. The plan is centred in Jesus Christ, God's Son. And the Old Testament is devoted to preparing and planning for the arrival of Jesus so that we will be able to understand the significance of who Jesus is and, and what he would do, the significance of what he would do. It's through the Jewish nation that Jesus would come, the long promised Messiah. 
the sacrificial system to which sins were, were dealt with in the Old Testament pointed to the only sacrifice adequate to deal with sin, the death of Jesus, God's unblemished, perfect son. The prophets, they spoke of many things concerning the coming of Jesus. This one alone, a son will be born of a virgin and he will be God with us. In the gospels, the New Testament, as we move there, we find the accounts of the long-awaited Saviour who has come, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin indeed, died to bear the sins of the world and rose again victorious over death and ascended to the right hand of God as the victor and the ruler, his rightful position at the right hand of God over all things. The Acts describe what Jesus continued to do. He taught his disciples, the apostles, the ones he had chosen, and that as they preached that message that through repentance and being baptised, men and women could experience the gift of the Holy Spirit indwelling and empowering them to live a saved life. The epistles, how are you going? You're sticking with me. The epistles display the full glory of Christ and his work and apply it to the Christian, apply it to the church. And then in a revelation, we see the climax of God's rescue plan when Jesus returns and ushers in the new age where those in Christ will experience perfect and eternal relationship with God forever. It's incredible. This is God's salvation's plan. And it's the scriptures that reveal this truth to us. It's truth centred in the person of Jesus Christ. They make us wise. They make us knowledgeable about salvation. But faith requires more than just knowing about the truth. It calls for the response of faith where you personally respond to that truth. Where you personally put your faith and your trust in the saving work of Jesus Christ. In our Game Changer series, there's a very powerful interview that Carl conducts with two Iranian women who had been Muslims, had a Muslim background, Maryam and Mazarom, I think it is. Something like that anyway. You'll correct me later, probably. Both these ladies actually have spoken in this very church. A number of years ago, they came and shared their story. It's about becoming Christians. And then they went on a journey of distributing Bibles uh, throughout Iran. They were then arrested and put in the most notorious prison um, in the whole of Iran. The part of the interview that we're going to look at in it tells how Miriam came to put her faith in the saving work of Jesus Christ. It reveals, if you listen carefully, it reveals the incredible transforming power of the words that are found in the Bible. Listen to this. At that time, I remember I was very exhausted from searching for the truth and I just took the booklet from her. I said, don't worry, I went to my room. I shut the door and I started reading that little booklet. It was just part of the book of Luke, um, it was 20, 30 pages. Um, you know, I don't know what happened that day in my room, but I, I just remember from the first page that I was reading, I felt a strong presence in my room. Uh, it wasn't just like reading those words in that booklet. I believe that Jesus that day revealed the truth to me because every word that I was reading, I felt that it was talking to my heart. Uh, I remember I was in my room for two, three hours reading that little booklet. I was crying because I, was, I could feel the very presence of Jesus in my room and right in front of me. 
And when I got to the last page of the booklet, um, I remember without any doubt, I prayed the written prayer and I gave my heart to Jesus. Did you hear those words in Maryam's testimony? Did you hear them? As she took up the Gospel of Luke and read it, it wasn't just like reading those words in that booklet. I believe that Jesus that day revealed the truth to me because every word that I was reading, I felt like it was talking to my heart. There is a transformational power held within the God-breathed words of the Bible. It's powerful. It's not just a communication. The Bible's not just a communication of his ideas to us, God's ideas to us. It's not just a revelation of a rescue plan. The Word of God, it has dynamic power, which is life-giving and, and life-transforming to those who hear the Word of God and respond to it. If you're listening to this word this morning and you've got a sense God's stirring in your own heart at this moment of time, you, you may well be a searcher for truth. I invite you to do exactly what Mary Ann did in the video. You Google in Bible and Google in Luke and you take hold of that gospel and read it. And as you read it, you ask God to speak to your heart. It's powerful, the Word of God. It's living, it's active. The Bible's purpose is first and foremost. It's about informing us of our lostness, of our sin and our need for Jesus, the Saviour of the world. But it, it also reveals how you keep being transformed, how you grow in your understanding and your relationship with God. Paul highlights two particular functions of the Bible in that process. Listen again to um, verse 16 of 2 Timothy 3. It says this, all scripture is God breathed. That's what we've been looking at. And then it goes on to say what it's used for. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. We live in a world where there is a constant stream of ideas about what we should believe about a whole heap of things. And there's ideas that come crashing in us about what we should believe about the Bible. Some say that, we're in the New Testament now. You just jettison the Old Testament. You don't need to worry about that anymore. Or um, this one, you may have heard this one. Well, the miracles, well, they were nice stories that were told. They didn't really happen, but they reveal spiritual truth. Some on the other hand say, well, you need to add in certain practices so that you can be, um, quote, fully saved. Or, or there's a, a deeper knowledge that will take you to a spiritual level that will put you in, you know, a, a, a very specially chosen cla class of people, class of Christians. It's our regular study of the Bible, listening to the Word of God and listening from, to people who, who reflect the heart and the character of God that, that protects us, you see, from wonky thinking enables us to see what God himself has caused to be written and guards us from traveling down paths of false understanding about the truths that God's revealed to us in his word. If you go down that path, you'll move away from God. It's the teaching, it's the rebuking function of the scriptures that enables us to stay aligned to the truths that God himself has revealed to us. The second pair of words focus on the usefulness of scripture in guiding our conduct, correcting us, training us in righteousness. 
Listen to what it says in Hebrews 4, chapter 12. It says this, For the Word of God is alive and it's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. There's an incisiveness about God's Word. It's like a surgeon's scalpel revealing what's beneath the surface. The Word of God helps us to see who we really are and, and who we aren't. It, it penetrates to the core of our moral and spiritual life. And some of you, maybe you've had some surgical work done on you. Um, surgical work can be painful, but it has some terrific results. The ridding of threatening tumours is a great thing. The freeing of incapacitated limbs, hallelujah. The renewing of dimming eyes and, and failing arteries is such an incredible blessing. It results in new life and, and, and new energy and, and new capacities. That's exactly what God's Word does for us. As we take it up and read it, it searches us. God wants to lead us on the paths of righteousness. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It goes on, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, when you live in Christ, experience His heart filling your heart, then the Word of God resonates, you see, with our heart and it, it causes the changes that, that transform and, and liberate and, and bring healing to our souls and bring healings to the souls, souls of others. Hardened, unforgiving women become those who are full of mercy and grace and kindness. Men who can so easily choose the path of, of anger and violence they walk a different path. It's, it's one of gentleness and compassion. Mary M, who we saw in the interview, she said that before she met Christ, there were people that she hated and she had a heart of unforgiveness towards them. Those that had, had injured her and she was holding on to that. But now in Christ's love, she had chosen to release that, to forgive, to bless those very ones. In the Game Changer series, we also hear the testimony of a pastor who was living on this fault line between the Christian and the Muslim worlds in Nigeria. And in the face of attacks by extremist Muslim youths upon this pastor's church, he, he made the decision not to buy an AK-47 to protect his flock. The option was there. But rather to walk across the religious divide and bring help to Muslim women who, who didn't have work and, and Muslim children that were not being educated. 
in such a different path. The words of God, you see, they have incredible and amazing power to train us in the life of holiness. And as we read God's word, as we read it with an open and a humble heart, then he goes searching our hearts for the things that he wants to change in us and, and the things he wants to grow in us and, and encourage in our lives. But there's a powerful purpose in the Spirit's teaching and training and transforming work in our lives. Listen to how verses 16 and 17 here in 2 Timothy 3 end. All Scripture, God breathe, we've heard that. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, we've heard that, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love how the message puts it. It says this, through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. This is why we, we just need to be continually allowing God's word to impact our hearts, to have our Bibles open every day, hearing what God is saying to us about becoming more like Jesus on our early journey. And the reason is because God's got missions for us, church. Mighty missions for us to engage in. There are, I, I know, unique things for, for all of us to do, uniquely wired up. Things that we and maybe we alone can do. But there's a particular task that I want to encourage us all in this morning. It will be reflected or look um, different to different people in different situations, but I want you to hear this task. I want to remind you of Jesus' final words in Matthew 28, 19, 20. You'll know it so well. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Since that command was given by Jesus a couple of thousand years ago, there have been people generation after generation after generation who have faithfully sought to obey that word that command from Jesus. This is why we here in the land down under, here this morning, get to hear about Jesus. We get to hear about the transforming power of God's Word and how it leads us. That's how it got down here, church, to the land down under because of the faithfulness of previous generations and now it's our turn, church, it's our turn our responsibility to ensure that the nations of the world, including our own, have the opportunity to be saved and transformed through the dynamic word of the mighty God who has spoken to people. That's our calling church. Some I know have special callings. I was, I was chatting to Madonna Yates, Madonna Yates this week who spent nine years living up in Papua New Guinea amongst the Papatar people in Papua New Guinea. She lives now in Toowoomba. But she is continuing to translate the Scriptures, the Old Testament, Genesis, and she's looking forward to getting into Exodus so that a group of people, around about 10 to 15,000 who live in our world who have their own language will be able to dive into God's Word and know it in their own language and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them through their very own language. We have others in our church family 
who have been given special callings to live overseas for the purpose, the very purpose of sharing God's work. We as a church here in Brizzy, we, we want our own city and we want our own nation to hear the truth of God's Word, do we not? It's why we gift hundreds and hundreds of Bibles to people in our community. We don't want anyone to be without the Word of God in their home, the Word that God has spoken to all of humanity. If you haven't got a Bible, if you're watching this and you haven't got a Bible, you, you let us know, you email us, we'll get a Bible to you one way or the other, but there's a new season, there's a brand new season coming and it's a new opportunity for our generation. It's as, it's actually, it's as revolutionary to the spread of the Scriptures as the invention of the printing press was back in the 16th century, enabling the Scriptures to spread throughout the world. And that is the development of the internet. You knew I was gonna go there. New and amazing opportunities, incredible opportunities are opening up for us to share the truth about Jesus and, and to pass on God's written word to people in our generation right throughout the world. And get this, and it's COVID-19 that's helped wake us up. And not just us as a church, but the church of Jesus Christ right throughout the world and help us, helped us to see that all of us, Every single one of us can help take God's Word to the very, the, the ends of the earth now, church. That's what we can all do now, the ends of the earth. Last week, I heard some of the stories flowing out of the Gede Saturday where there are now 81 students that have registered online hoping to improve their English skills. L- listen to some of these stories that came in for those that are taking the cl- these classes in our church. One of our students that now lives in Brazil has reconnected with us. Another one. My class has two students from Iraq. Number three, we have a student from Japan that we have no idea of how they found out about our lessons. Another one, a student from our class was in need and has since received a hamper from the church. Oh, I love it. When these ministries from the church get beautifully interwoven. This one, last week in my class, one of my students said, The people at Bridgman are so nice and lovely. Why is that? It gave me the opportunity to share the reason why and the full message of the gospel with them. And this one, I was able to connect one of our Spanish speaking students with a missionary friend of mine. And now the student is connecting regularly with my friend and discussing and translating Bible studies into Spanish for her. Wow, church, wow, that's, a, that's what wells up for within me, wow. And these are the sort of opportunities that now, lay, that now lie before all of us, actually. You know, church, now that there is actually no one in the world that we more or less can't invite to watch our online services now, come and join with us. We've now got the capacity to, Pass on the digital Bible wherever God is opening a door. Do you ever think how great this opportunity is for us now in our generation? Now, if you've been hearing this morning, you've been listening this morning and God's stirring in your heart. He is stirring in your heart. He's stirring right now. You know, this is the the living, dynamic, transforming breath of the living God then allow him to do his good work in you. Will you allow that this morning? 
If you're a Miriam searching for truth, I wanna tell you, you have found it in Jesus Christ. Um, If you call on His name, you will be saved this very moment. If God's Spirit has been searching for your heart this morning because you've lost your passion for for His Word and invite Him now to deal with the cause of the the, the drag, the the dullness, the, the, the dryness, the whatever it may be within your heart and your soul. He's got holy missions for your life. And if God's call this morning, it's sounding loud and clear. And you tell the Lord again this morning, you're in, you're in boots and all, you're in. I'm in Lord, I'm in Lord. You tell him that right now. And when we have people like this, hearing the word of God, ready to respond to it, God does mighty things. Doesn't matter where you're hearing this from at the moment, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your backyard, whether you're whether in your home, somewhere else, friend's home. This is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come minister to our hearts and our lives as you respond to the word. This is the living word of our mighty God that's come because he loves you and has holy, incredible purposes for your life. So let's pray. Pray with me now. Are you ready? Let's do that together. Oh Lord, we wanna say thank you for your precious word. It's living, it breathes. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you for that beautiful way you take the word of God and you apply it to people's hearts. Lenny here this morning, Lord, that you're calling to come to know Jesus Christ, to be saved, then Lord, lead them, I would pray. You might wanna pray this simple prayer. It's just a small turning of your heart towards God and He comes so beautifully and wonderfully to rescue and save. You you tell the Lord this morning, you pray to the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need you. I need your help, I need your saving. Come rescue me, come rescue me. I need Jesus to live in me. I need His life. I need His wholeness, His righteousness to become mine. Oh Lord. Hear my cry, hear my cry. You pray that prayer. If you don't yet know Jesus and put your faith and trust in Him. Brothers, this morning, you pray for that excising work that God wants to do. The cutting away of things that need to be done. The holding on to truth. The things that may have caused you to stop listening every day to His Word. Well, confess that to Him this morning. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Help me, Lord to pick up the truth of your word again and let it do its good work in my heart and life. Ready me for mission afresh and anew, I pray. For those called into mission, you're involved in mission at this moment. I wanna pray for you, oh God bless and help everyone, Lord, we pray. Engaging in the tasks you've given to them. In fact, I wanna pray in a special way for those that are working with the nations of our world. That's the G'day Saturday folks, there's many actually in our church that have relationships with people from other cultures and other nations of the world and I wanna pray for you. Maybe if, if you're in your home right now and there's just someone to rest a hand on you, if that's you, if you're engaging in that, someone might rest a hand on you. If there's no one there, that's fine too as well. Jesus is there and he'll rest his hand on you for that beautiful calling on your life. Oh Lord, come, we would pray. Bless these ones we ask in Jesus' name. As they seek to be faithful, Lord in that unique calling that you've placed on on their lives to reach the nations of this world. Thank you for those that are doing it, Lord, in the nations that we heard of, Iraq, Japan, Lord, other places through the world. Oh God, 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 come, we would pray. Open up the door of conversations. Open up lives, Lord, so they can hear the word, the truth 
and the mighty power of the Holy Spirit who has come and breathed the words of life and given them to we, a nation, the nations of this world who so desperately need the renewing and the healing and the saving work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so thank you, Lord, for being with us. Use us all, Lord. Use us all, we would pray. Use these online services, Lord, we pray. Use, Lord, you version. Oh God, mighty works, we would pray in this generation as the kingdom of God fills and floods the heavens and the earth, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. We're going to conclude our service this morning with the singing of um, a great song. It's about Jesus, the one who's our cornerstone, you know, the one that we can depend upon and trust in totally and completely. Well, let's sing this song and sing it from our hearts with some energy. If you haven't stood, well, why don't you stand up as we sing this song and say, Jesus, we're trusting in You. Lead us on, we pray. Let's do that together. If the band can lead us, that'd be great. Thanks, Ben. Well, those words are so encouraging. It's true that our hope is in God. He is the one that we can really place our faith and trust in. And if you've been watching this morning and you sense God's been speaking to you, I want to know that you can respond to Him this morning, that you can say yes to Him, that you can know that hope in your own life. And so if you've sensed that, you've sensed God stirring to you, that's the Spirit of God reaching out to you. And I want to encourage you this morning just to respond to Him. And a way you can do that is just by clicking on the Respond to Jesus button on whichever platform you're watching on. There'll be a link there that says Respond to Jesus. Just to click on that right now, just to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. By clicking on that, you're saying, yes, God, I wanna know more. I wanna explore more what it means to have a relationship with You, to know that hope, to know Your peace, to know the assurance of salvation in my own life. And by clicking that, we'd love to pray for you and send you some information to help you on the journey as well. So I really wanna encourage you to respond in that way today. And so as we conclude our service, I just wanna pray, ask God to bless us as we do that now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your presence with us today, Lord. We are so blessed that we can come into Your presence in this way to know Your nearness, Lord God. And I wanna pray for some, Lord, I know You've been speaking to very specifically, God, some you've been encouraging, some you've been challenging just to go deeper with you and some, Lord, that are on the, on the journey of faith, Lord, but this, today is their day, Lord, just to say yes to you. I pray you give them the courage even now just to respond to you, to click on that link, Lord, to say, yes, I wanna, I wanna take that step forward. I wanna know more. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'll stir that in people's hearts right now. Lord, and I pray your blessing on each one, everyone tuning in right now, Lord, you'll bless them. Thank you that you're with us, that you're for us. We pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Well, thanks again for sharing with us. Don't forget our service tonight at 6pm. You'd be so welcome to join with us again. But God bless you. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you or you'd like to find out more, we want to help and encourage you on your journey of faith. You can reach out to us via our website or email hello at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. And you can fill in a prayer card on our website or email prayer at bridgman.org.au. I'm praying God's blessing for you this week and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.